cloud. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jay. All right, Jim. So let's uh, look at what's going on tonight. We got the Gopher men's basketball team going up against Ohio State this evening. Uh, Jamison Battle, uh, who transferred from the Gophers to Ohio State, uh, he was critical in their victory against Purdue on Sunday, but Ohio State has not uh, done as well as I think maybe he had hoped they would do because they are 5-10 and 10 in the Big Ten. Your thoughts on tonight's matchup against the Gophers? Well, that is one of the areas of intrigue tonight. A uh, very intriguing game, important game for the Gophers, and, you know, probably might be bad for the Gophers as they're catching Ohio State after they fired their coach because Ohio State has played better since firing their coach, but you still got to win games like this if you want to go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Battle obviously thought he was leaving for a better program, a better chance of winning, and he was wrong. Uh, and if he had stayed here, you know, this team might be, you know, I don't know, this team might be 9-5 and five or something and might be a lock for the NCAA tournament, might even be getting votes for top 25. So um, I completely support any student-athlete's ability to choose where they want to go to school. I'm not going to criticize him for making a choice, but he might not have made the right choice. Did he think that Ohio State was going to give him a better chance than the Gophers were? Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, he was already going to get plenty of playing time here, a sister place here. He had all kinds of reasons to stay. The only reason to leave is, well... Um, really the only reason to leave is he thought that he had a better chance to win, and it didn't turn out that way. Did he get NIL money that were that was better than what he would have gotten here? Mm, I, I haven't looked into that. It's possible he did get more, um, and that's that's another factor these days. So what do you think about, uh, you know, the, certainly Farrell Payne has really played well the last few weeks. You can tell he's really trying to get better at free throws. He's not great at those. Um, Dawson Garcia has shown some great moments uh, as far as how he can handle himself in the post, and he has shot free throws well. And how about uh, the freshman Cam Christie and how good you think Christie could end up being? Well, I mean, Christie right now is becoming one of the better players in the conference um, as a freshman, and he got a little bit of a slow start this year. He They kind of spot played him and you know he didn't he, he looked looked like he would need a little bit of time to adjust to the size and speed of this level but man once he did then his assets started showing up and uh beautiful jump shot can shoot with range can shoot off the dribble uh you know smart player can 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 run the offense if he needs to um you know savvy just i mean he's got so much going for him he just you know, he's a little slender right now. He's probably going to have to put on a little more muscle. Uh, but even if he doesn't, he's still still going to be a very good player, a very good scorer. I mean, there's just there's no substitute for shooting, and he's an excellent shooter. Is he a little bit better off the dribble than you thought he would be? I mean, I didn't know what to expect, really. I mean, you know, I, I watched him a little bit in high school, and I read reviews, but you never really know until you see somebody competing at this level. Um He's, you know, I knew he could score. I knew he could shoot. But, you know, Braden Carrington was a great high school shooter, and that hasn't translated to the cops. You just got to see it, you know. And what we've seen is that uh, he he can shoot, but he also knows how to get his shot. You know, one of the uh, games that the Gophers have left on the road that would certainly be nice to get would be a game at Illinois. And Illinois lost on the road at Penn State last night. Your thoughts on another upset in the Big Ten? Yeah, they uh, and they blew a big lead. They really had that game in hand pretty much the whole time. Then they just, you know, they just fell apart down the stretch. Uh, going back to what I believe, which is none of these teams are really all that great. Uh, 
So if you play well and if uh, you have a chance to be in almost any game, that's still the toughest game remaining on the schedule. And playing Illinois at, at Illinois is different than seeing Illinois on the road. I, I think that Big Ten Network had a stat yesterday that uh, Big Ten road teams just do not fare well. Uh, almost everybody in the conference is is much better at home than they are on the road. So, you know, that's the challenge is you got to beat an Ohio State team that has been playing better at home tonight. And then you got to go. And even if you win that game, and they're going to have to win your other two home games. They're going to have to win one of these three road games to get to 11 and 9. And that's, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy. Jim, some other things going on. The Twins are going to play an exhibition game against uh, the Gophers tomorrow night. Then they got the Pirates on Saturday. Um, do you have any idea how early we might see Byron Buxton actually suit up in a spring training game? No. Um, but if he's feeling really good, I would think that they would want to run him out there either for an inning or two against the Gophers or start him in the actual spring training opener. Um, you know, I think they I think they want to have a lot of good feelings around Byron this spring. Um, and I think they want to reward him for working really hard to try to get through the knee injury. Uh, and I think they'd also like to give the fan base a little glimpse of what he could be, uh, you know, when healthy. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I would guess he's going to play in one of those first two games if he's feeling well. Jim, is there any strategy to try to keep him healthy? I mean, they're you know they're gonna they're going to limit his time out there. Obviously, he's not going to play 140 games in center field, but you know any strategy you have is going to be immediately altered as soon as he winces or grabs his knee or has some soreness or you know. So I don't I don't even know if there's a point in having a plan. I mean, last year they planned on him being the center fielder, then they had spring training and they had to change the plan because he wasn't ready to play center field. Then they had, then they decided they were going to have him be DH into June or July. And then they had to change that plan because they needed to get batting. The plan is whatever the need tells you the plan is. So we'll see, you know, he could get hurt in the first game of spring training. He could be healthy all year and play 80 games in center field. And we have no idea which of those things is going to happen. Jim, as the roster stands now, who are some of the guys you'd like to see get some time in center field just to see if they could be uh, a backup fill-in type of guy uh, for Buxton? Austin Martin is the intriguing guy. He was a top prospect, and he just didn't hit much in the minor leagues. Uh, didn't hit the way they expected him to. And then last year, he kind of started surging a little bit more. Um, and they need a backup center fielder, and they would like that backup center fielder to be versatile and be able to play other positions and be able to hit a little bit, and at his best, he can do all those things. But once again, you'd like to see it. You'd like to see it, and and a lot of things in spring training don't mean much, but there are always a few developments that do matter uh, outside just staying healthy. And this is one of the intriguing things about spring. Does Austin Martin you know, give them enough confidence that he can play be the backup center fielder that he actually wins a job on the opening day roster? Switching attention to football, what are the Bears going to do with uh, Justin Fields? Uh, most likely they will trade him and take Caleb Williams number one. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see which team out there, which quarterback needy team would rather trade for Justin Fields than hope they can get somebody in the draft. Um, you know, Steelers seem to make a lot of sense. A team that keeps on, you know, hanging around and being contenders and making the playoffs, uh, frequently, despite having terrible quarterback play since Roethlisberger left, Justin Fields is better than everybody they've had since Roethlisberger. Is he great? 
I don't know. I, I, you can't say he's great, but he is very talented. And he might be enough of an upgrade over what they've had before that he can, you know, make them a real, real dangerous team again. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, again, if, if you uh, run an innovative offense with B. John Robinson and, uh, and Justin Fields, that could be really interesting. So, you know, look, to me, those are the most logical teams to uh, trade for Fields. And they'll probably, and if the Bears, Bears already have what, the number one pick, the number nine pick in this draft, they get another high draft pick or two back for Justin Fields, then maybe they're really building something. Jim, at, at this point, how many quarterbacks do you think should go in the first round or even in the top 10 and keep seeing, you know, two to three and maybe even up to four guys? Uh, what do you think? Well, I think Williams, Daniel and May will go high. They could even go one, two, three. Uh, and if one of them starts sliding, somebody's probably going to try to trade it up, trade it up, you know, five, six, seven, eight to get them. So I think those three guys will be gone before the Vikings, before the 11th pick in the draft. Uh, then the to me the real intrigue starts, uh, which is does somebody do the Vikings take McCarthy or some or Penix or Knicks at eleven? Do they feel the need to move up to secure the person they want? Do they feel like there's an, the, those quarterbacks are all close enough in value, uh, and that enough of the teams with, that need quarterbacks will fill their needs that they could afford to trade down, uh, or do they think they can get somebody like that in the second round? Uh, they're, they're, every possibility is still open out there, uh, and I think, I, but I think if they identify, let's say they, let's say they fall in love with J.J. McCarthy, well, if you really believe he's going to be your franchise quarterback, then you can't play games with it. You can't do what Quesi did two years ago and trade down and end up with a lousy player instead of a great player. So if they, if they love a quarterback, they should either take him at eleven or maybe even trade up a couple slots to make sure they get the guys they get the guy they want. If they don't love a quarterback, then you can't take a quarterback just because everybody on the outside wants you to take him. It's got to be based on your internal evaluation, and we don't know what that is right now. And, and Jim, the, the hope is still that uh, whoever this is that would get drafted would sit for at least a season behind Cousins? I, I really think, you know, it's funny because I did a podcast with Jeff Diamond and the former Vikings general manager, a lot long that way back, and he said he, he saw Cousins signing a two-year extension worth $90 million, plus, you know, possible options and voidable years and all the other stuff that makes this work under a salary cap. And since then, that's become kind of the number that people have thrown around, two years, $90 million. Well, if you're paying Kirk Cousins $45 million a year, he's your starting quarterback. So if you – I actually opened – if they could sign Cousins for the draft – that would open the door to drafting somebody you don't mind taking time developing. And maybe that means you take a, a talented guy who isn't rated as highly if you believe you can develop him. Uh, or you have to have something in the provision where you could trade Cousins after a year without destroying yourself uh, in terms of you know financials and dead cap money and all that stuff. So a lot of moving parts here. Um, I still think after all the moving parts stop moving, you're probably looking at a two-year deal for Cousins and drafting a quarterback that you think you, you can develop. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, we do have uh, John Krasinski and myself talking about the Wolves on the John Krasinski show and also talking about the Vikings and all these possibilities and the Drake May influence on this draft uh, on the Viking Update show. And everything's at TalkNorth.com. We're going to do a bunch of shows today and have them out uh, today, Friday, and over the weekend, including Chin Music with Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal. All right, very good. Thank you, Jim. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jim.
It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune sports columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribuners podcast at talknorth.com. Jim, today brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud. Next on WJON, World of National News from ABC.